Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Mobcast. I mean, uh, you know, this is uh, uh, one of our favorite topics to discuss. Topics, I would say specs to discuss, uh, as always. And uh, we have to uh, chat and go knee deep about Unholy Death Knight because it's looking great. It's looking fantastic. It's, it's so it, amazing. It's long time coming. And uh, I don't think our guests need any new introduction. Uh, they've been here for quite some time. Uh, multiple times, it's oh, yeah. Mr. Taze from the Acarus Discord and Mr. Biceps Pump, the Unholy Decay God, who shall teach you whatever you need to know about Unholy Dead Knight. I, I would know. So, let's get right into it. Unholy Dead Knight in Dragonflight. We have, I think we have excitement on, on, on both ends here from both Taze and Biceps. At least from Biceps, I know because I've been watching his YouTube channel and you should be watching it too. Talks, uh, talks about the state of Unholy DK in Dragonflight over there. Mm. Um, so I know, you know, uh, uh, Biceps has, uh, you know, the, the YouTube video where he lays out his thoughts. Maybe we can get into some more info on that. I know Taze is talking a lot on, on uh, uh, the Acuras Discord over there. You know, there's pinned builds and all of that answering questions. But to have it for the full format of the show, let's just kick it off with a couple of like last impressions. Starting off with Taze. Unholy Dead Knight, Dragonflight. What are we looking at? It's amazing, to say the least. Uh, they took a lot of our feedback and they rolled with it. They didn't try to make it any more complex than it needed to be. We said that, hey, this feels wrong. This is probably what you should do. And they just did it. It was seamless. It works incredibly well. And I'm so very happy with how the spec looks now. Perfect. I mean, I feel the same way. But what about biceps? And I know his thoughts, but people... I, I can't be happy. Like, if you remember what it looked like in the first iteration, <laughs> and then you compare to what it looks like now, it's night and day. Yeah. I feel like the AOE feels satisfying. We get similar gameplay to what we had in BFA, which was oh, yeah. very fun. And the single target, it feels um, just... It flows very nicely. I think they specifically made us have a lot more resources. So we don't ever end up in those scenarios when you don't have anything for press. It's much more about a priority game now, more so than a resource management game. And I want them. I think I'm a big fan of that because it means that the rotation is just more fun to play. Yes, I have noticed that because I have recently mm -hmm. picked up my Unholy Dead Knight on live. And as a student that I am going through everything Acuris has to offer and all the videos from Biceps, I yeah. could not help but see that man, there's a management resourcing going on over there, man. It's holy shit. Mm. And yes, as a very, very new and fresh player of Unholy Dead Knight, I was always in a position where I either didn't have enough or I didn't have nothing to press. And it's 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 a it's a symptom of being new. Uh, it's a thing to get accustomed to or whatever. But hearing this, that, okay, this is maybe not the, the case anymore, and you're just going to be like maybe a little bit uh, overflown with resources to be able to have a much smoother gameplay. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing yeah. that. I'm not sure. this. So I, I made the decision, okay? I uh, blindfolded. I went into the beta. I made a, a 70 Unholy Dead Knight. Picked a build from Taze because uh, he had some, some pinned on Acris, And I just went to the target dummies, and I fell in love, man. Yeah, it was just like what uh, the yes. fuck, man. This is it's, it's unbelievable. A good, it's a good feeling. It's it's really cool to see, uh, and this is why I am still hopeful for Dragonflight as an expansion. And when a lot of people are, you know, 
uh, Doom and Gloom and they haven't played it. Uh, and if anybody's watching this and you're still not uh, convinced if you should play Dragonflight or not, uh, or not, Unholy DK is a good example of that because it started from one of the worst designed specs when it received its sounds it was so weird it felt so bad and now i dare say it's one of the best like the first time i saw it i was super giddy because of the thematic that unholy brings since unholy is a from from its uh, concept from its thematic is a very uh a controversial spec because a lot of people have been asking for specs like Necromancer and Necromancer is probably never going to come into the game because of Unholy because you have this mm -hmm. summon the the army of the dead uh, not to mention you actually have the skill called army of the dead uh, from the grave and make them do your bidding and the thing is a lot of people have missed this have missed the concept of you know using all the pets using the gargoyle how many discussions have we had with the gargoyle uh, in Shadowlands and not to mention how many you guys probably had over the course of the last couple of expansions that is it how many discussions have we had about bringing in the plagues the the the, the zits the, the pustules I mean and do all the bursting swords and all of that and they listened and now it's in and now it works and mm. it's so so amazing not to mention that we are actually as unholy dks are getting every good thing from shadowlands here right am i not mistaken i loved uh monstrosity i loved slappy hands um maybe we can go into soul reaper as well which is not something shadowlands related but it is one of the capstones and talk about that for a little bit and uh also yeah, like Marcelian said, in the state that it is, bar some tuning, because obviously numbers are uh, gonna be going. Um, yeah, how how complete do you guys think the spec is? Is it uh, are we are we good like this for like I don't know two years, or do you still feel like they're missing the mark? Maybe in the general talent tree, right? Because we can all agree that the unholy mm -hmm. talents are like. Yeah, and to that question, adding uh, also the tier set bonus. Okay, just to have it in mind. As oh well. yeah, because we just we just released we had yeah. those released. Yeah. Last yeah. week. So is it complete, guys? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I have uh, two specific points there. You have to say something. So one of them is that I feel like Soul Reaper is a bit weak. Or like it, it doesn't feel very impactful to press, especially in the uh, general tree. For instance, Frosty Case, it's not even a DPS upgrade to press it because it's a one cost ability. It heavily kind of impacts your rotation. You can't, you get much less free buttons to do else other things right i think it would be helpful if they um, increased cost and cooldown and damage of the ability so instead of coming every six seconds it comes in every 12 seconds something it maybe costs two runes deal three times as much damage right it feels much more impactful to press and it doesn't kind of um hinder your normal rotation away i think that's one thing uh, another one is that we are uh, we we short Sorely lack rages here, does he? As a DK. Especially now we had in Dragonflight. Like lots more classes have received some form of raid buff or raid utility, that kind of thing. And I feel that DK is one of the classes who's like in the bottom when it comes to how much they bring. Obviously, we have a couple of fights that were mandatory due to crypt. But other than that, there's really not that much we bring. So that's something I'd also like to see in the general tree. Yeah. I mean, I generally agree. The the unholy tree when it comes to its completeness, I don't think there's much more that they could add into the unholy tree to make it feel like it's done. You know what I mean? There's a couple nodes that are a little bit weird, like Harbinger of Doom, um, stuff like Pestilence that are just not quite there tuning wise. But if they tune them well, it'll be perfectly fine. 
Design-wise, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that they could add that would make it better other than like Necrotic Plague, but we we all know that's not coming back, sadly. Uh, the you class bet. tree, though. Yeah. Uh, the class tree, though, the unholy side of this uh, class tree is still just really lackluster, in my honest opinion. You got stuff like, you know, Sacrificial Pact, Control Undead, which isn't even good for unholy, you know, brittle, cleaving strikes, stuff that you don't really generally want to take in a lot of situations. But you're kind of forced to go through to get to stuff like 2% strength, which is like, cool, I guess. I don't know. I, I like it design-wise. I just think the general tree is probably the most lacking out of all of the trees that Holy has access to. Uh, to kind of follow up, uh, since Marcelian mentioned it, the tier set. Absolutely incredible, man. Really, really cool tier set. Uh, interacting with wounds, which is awesome. Gives you some more single target play. And doing something that actually feels impactful and in increasing your haste and damage for a period of time. It just feels really good when you have that up. Uh, you're going to play, you're going to notice that proc. Yeah, it's going to be something that you feel happening, unlike uh, current tier, which is really nice. It's perfect. I was I was going to get to the, the raid utility part, because uh, this is like one of the, the curses of the, I would say, melees in general if you're not like a rogue or a warrior or something like that we're always going to have this discussion uh about the, the utility and i wasn't really up to date with with anti-magic zone was that nerfed even more because that used to be a pretty good defensive like well why would you bring a dk is it not a good argument to bring it to a rate because of that also you just bring blood because it scales off max hp well, there you go. <laughs> There's the answer. Yeah, and so I think, um, what was it, with Max's oh, interview, Ian said that they don't want specs to have that kind of utility. I think, though, I, from from the from the devs' perspective so far, as much as we know and we were let know, DK is probably the exact amount of utility or value that they want classes to bring to the gate. Then they say something like they want classes or specs to be good on one fight or two and then just not be required for any other fight, which is maybe better for like an average player, for average guild, but obviously for the top end, we're like, well, that means we're only bringing you for one boss and then you're sitting or you're coming on your alt, which... Well, yeah. Is, is this is this world ever going to be satisfied both ways? Because I kind of find it like they're, they, they're butting heads every now and again. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's rough being a DK right now because we look at these trees... They're so, so good. We play the spec, it feels so good. And then we look at our raid utility and we're like, man, I really want to play this, but I'm not going to get the chance to because I'm only going to be on in like two bosses in this raid tier. Just like, man. <laughs> I mean, if we're lucky and we don't get tuned very highly, you know, there's definitely a risk that you will make the cut. You know what I mean? No. I mean, in terms of like the, the 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 mechanics that Unholy gets in Dragonflight right now, I think they're kind of covering all bases, as opposed to like I don't know Shadowlands, but it maybe lack uh, I don't know cleave damage or something like that. Now you can have the mm. cleave damage. You have like, and I know Biceps uh, talked about this in his video where it does feel like the old BFA DK where you just like, you can have like massive AU and set up, you know, wounds and everything will pop up. It's pr pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, and I was also thinking about, you know, the, the the single target damage and the burst that's also there. So in terms of like a DPS, I think Unholy DK is like checking all the marks. 
when when it comes to like utility, sure. But I cannot, I cannot help. But use, I mean, DK still have the grips. I know it's it's not ideal, and I know it's not necessarily a good uh, etiquette to have. Okay, you're you're brought in because you can bullshit to you. But on the other hand, uh, I'm gonna compare it to my former main Red Paladin, which doesn't have anything, not even spellboarding anymore. It's nothing. It's you, you don't have okay. any reason. Okay, so I think at least for that, there's. That's still a couple of things that, un, at least unholy, can can be brought up uh, for. Well, yeah. To kind of counter that point, with basically all the rage utility unholy can bring, for what reason would you want that over a blood decay? Uh, blood decay has a shorter grip cooldown. They can grab two charges of grip without any issues because I mean they're not focused on DPS. They have the bigger AMZ. Uh, they're just much better at being able to grab all of the uh, utility like. Blinding Sleet, being able to grab Asphyxiate, uh, you know, double grip, lower cooldown. Like, they can do everything that the Holy can, but better. True, true. I would just say, hey, two AMZs is better than one. <laughs> More grips is better I mean, than one. You can never have enough AMZs. <laughs> I'd call it one and a half AMZs because blood's just going to be like twice as big. True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. It's not useless, but, you know, it's just that it's something you can do without. It's nice yeah. to have a DK. But it's not something you need. Like you need Demon Hunter and the Warrior and the Warlock and the Mage and you know, the list goes on. But when you go to DK, it's like, you know, this could be nice, but I'm curious if they ever went into this direction, because if they do that, I mean, obviously the mentality goes into the direction of, oh, okay, then then all classes or all specs have to have something. Let's say all classes in this case. Mm. Um, but if but if we're gonna argue on holy over blood and stuff like that, then that means we would have to have like forty man raids or something like that, where uh, all specs can have a place, right? Or then they would have. I can imagine that they would put I don't know something like either attack power on blood decay or versatility. Druids now have versatility with mark of the wild or stuff like that. Then you are gonna compete, and I feel like this discussion is never going to end. Uh, in right. the context of how the game is designed right now, it's never going to cater to all of the specs and never the, all the specs are going to be as good. So, um, I mean, I, I would imagine like the race world first and high, I don't know, 1% players where everybody's just going to play the one thing that just stop 100 guys. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if, if outside of that, uh, it's really good. I mean... You know, I mean, the good the good example, maybe it's my main that we had for Sepulchre, which I dare say, Prot Warrior was one of the worst seen tanks for Sepulchre when it came out. And if I'm not mistaken, it became one of the best tanks for Jailer by the end. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see this mentality uh, change or maybe this attitude changed all throughout mm -hmm. the first season going into how they've decided to maintain content, constant patches and hotfixes and buffs or nerves depending on the situation that's required um and i don't know if we talked about this last time but i did have something that's a little bit more personal but i do feel like a lot of people might resonate with this when it comes to picking a main or picking an alt what uh, one thing that a lot of people kind of look for and i think uh it, i'm not i'm not the only one doing this is is variety of builds and maybe we can go into this as well with the current iteration of stuff, because I feel like uh, Unholy, although it's not the only spec, it's one of the best specs to showcases to showcase different thematics and types of builds where they can go well. And ideally with the mentality of like keeping everything up to date, buffing, nerfing stuff, hopefully we can see variety in the towns because I have spoken in the last couple of days 
with a bunch of theory crafters for different types of specs. I'm looking for a main as well because I want this variety. I want to. I want to see. Okay, if I'm going a raid, I'm playing a pet centric build. If I'm going a dungeon, I'm playing a wound or a disease centric build, and so on and so forth. Unholy seems to have this. Other specs do not, and that's kind of a shame for other specs. Mm. But today we're looking at Unholy, so um, we can talk about uh, raid first. Let's say, what do you guys see Unholy be able to do in the raid? Since we've also had what five bosses that we could test so far, how do you guys see Unholy perform in these uh, in these fights? What type of builds do they have? Strengths, weaknesses, stuff like that. What what do you guys see so far with what we've seen? What over half of the raid already? There's you know. It's obviously going to be a pure um, single target option with Gargoyle. And I think they're going to tune it in such a way that that's going to be like the best. If you want just pure single target, you pick up Gargoyle. I'm not sure if there's... We have a funneling game play thing going with uh, Festamite. Right? You spread wounds lots of targets, you burst them all, you gain loads of strength. And that gives you lots of burst. That might be to play in certain circumstances. I'm not sure. I feel like Control yeah. Legendary doesn't have that much like pure single target build variety. Yeah, it kind of depends on tuning. Uh, right now there are two single target builds that are kind of competing with each other as long as Gargoyle's mastery scale is fixed. Uh, one mm -hmm. of them <clears throat> focuses on like the left side of the tree where you're grabbing like Fester Might, Unholy Assault, all of that over there. And then the Gargoyle setup will move over to the right side where you're grabbing um, so obviously Gargoyle, you're going to grab uh, Unholy Aura and Commander of the Dead. So with those two uh, build options, they do actually play quite a bit differently, even though it's only like three talent points different. Uh, since Gargoyle, you're going to be you know, building up this massive, massive single target window every three minutes. While the Unholy Assault setup uh, mostly focuses on those Festermite windows and the 90 second windows instead. Um, then, as Biceps pointed out, you know, you have your uh, funnel potential in Festermite with like Vile Contagion spreading wounds when there's a lot of ads. Like, there is a lot of build variety here. Uh, I could even see like a disease centric setup for Spread Cleave, even though that's kind of like one of Unholy's weakest spots. With Plaguebringer, uh, Super Strain, and Ebon Fever, you could actually crank a lot of damage on spread enemies if you want to. But, yeah. I think it's a very good change the fact that they, changed, they made it so that Plaguebringer. The ability that makes a dot ticks tick twice as fast. It's not a debuff on the enemy, it's a buff on you. So what you can do is you can dot top everything and then you hit just go strike on your main target and everything will start taking more damage. Yeah, it's really um, good. But, you know, obviously to, to go into the, the big AOE cleave, you need Vile Contagion and you need to go quite heavily into the left side of the tree. So it's going to be a big question about, is that worth it? You have to sacrifice quite a lot of single target nodes in order to actually make it through down to something that looks very close to a Mythic Plus build. Because that's what you're going to kind of need to go to in order to um, leverage that big funnel. Yeah. Um, I think the sacrifices there would probably be like All Will Serve and maybe Reaping. Yeah. Mages as well. Those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure. So the... The, the boss would hatch up with Shadow of the, the Dragon Eggs. That's a potential contender. But that also highlights one of Unholy's weaknesses, which is our build-up. Like, Unholy hates it when you get a couple ads and they die in five seconds. Like, there is literally very few things we can actually do to do damage in that scenario. And, you know, obviously there's going to be tuning or whatever, but when I did the boss, I felt like, you know, 
I won't be able to hit these mobs for any significant kind of damage at all with Unholy Toolkit. So I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe there'll be, be another fair, boss. It was yeah, exactly. So I think we were scaled pretty highly on the eye level two for heroic. No, yeah, everything hurt a lot. Today, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then then you had like Boomkins doing like you know 150k damage. So like, I don't know, everything's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. There are quite a lot of nodes that I feel like these are potential you know small swaps where you can kind of direct your damage more into specific scenarios, and I, I, I like that. So I think obviously we have one we, we put on the cargo build. We can still go like, you know, I might sacrifice this one point in reaping to pick up unholy blight. Or, you know, there's a lot of like small changes you can make, which aren't obvious which one's best. And I'm I'm a big fan of that because I think that brings build variety mm -hmm. for specific scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice uh going through all the theory crafting stuff for unholy and being like, all right, uh, this node's 2.6% DPS, this node's 2.7% DPS, but the 2.6% DPS node is going to be, you know, say, better in one specific scenario than the, you know, 2.7% DPS node. It's really interesting, the dynamics it creates. Obviously, mm -hmm. tuning's far from done, but the way things are tuned right now feels really good for all the build variety you can do. There's almost no nodes in the tree you're never going to want to take, except for, like, Harbinger of Doom, uh, Rotten Touch, Pestilence... Maybe pestle and pustules, like they're all really good. I I, I did want to touch on like two things. Normally, no, I wanted to talk a little bit about the middle side of the talent tree because whatever build you're gonna get, you're probably gonna go deeply into the middle side since that's where the major cooldowns are. And uh, you first of all mentioned super strain, which was the legendary, still is the legendary that we have right now in Shadowlands with all the the plagues. And it reminds me <laughs> with that and uh, what was it, Ebon Fever? It reminds me of Affliction Warlock. Um, mm. how, uh, first of all, so my first question is, and then we can go into the other one. Um, how important is the middle set of the talent tree and how far will you always want to go into it? Because I think last time we talked about morbidity, if I'm not mistaken, and that was nerfed, uh, I don't know, I think a couple of days oh, yeah. after our podcast, because it felt, it felt very overtuned. It felt like you're always going to take yeah. that. Um, how do you guys feel about the middle side now? Um, probably lower down the capsule because I'm thinking Magus of the Dead and stuff like that is always going to be very accessible. But if you invest further down, it's going to take away from maybe one wanting to spread both into diseases and, uh, and the pets. And then I can go into uh, the other side of the question. I think we always go super strain. Like it's the one common point for all builds I've thought about. It's always super strain. It's just very powerful. So I think it highlights that that center part of the tree is something you always kind of go into. Same thing with yeah. Army of the Dead. Something I wouldn't... You know, even for Mythic Plus, where you want to do as much AoE as possible, you want that single target burst. That means that a um, talent like Army of the Dead is just incredibly valuable. Yeah. It, uh, same thought process for me. Like... Every build I've thought of, like Super Strain, is the one capstone that's always there. Um, Army of the Dead, you always take. Army of the Damned is probably an always take as well, because, I mean, like Bicep said, even in Mythic Plus, where you're mostly focused on AoE, being able to have that army every single boss or on those big ads is just incredibly valuable. Uh, stuff like Apocalypse is incredible. All those uh, Death Coil nodes uh, flanking the middle side of the tree are incredibly powerful. Uh, all of them work together to be kind of the cornerstone of all of Unholy, that center section. 
that is unholy and then everything to the sides is kind of what you augment it with uh, funny enough, you actually touched on my second question, uh, but I did want to like kind of side notes uh, mention Super Strain. Uh, do we really want it because of the Frost Fever since it generates runic power? Is that like the main thing or is it just the damage is really good? Have you looked oh. at your details lately? <laughs> it's a lot of damage. <laughs> think, it's a uh, lot of damage. Yeah, if you add up all the diseases, I looked at it, it was like 13, 14% of my damage overall. It's just like currently blood play and Frost Fever tuned very highly. But Frostfeebles is also one of the main reasons we now have a lot more resources than usual. Like you compare Shadowlands to currently, like what have we got an extra? One of them is Frost Fever, Runic Power. And the other one is um, Runic Attuneation, giving more Runic Power. Yeah, those two together basically put it in a hole in this really, really nice spot resource-wise where it's got just enough resources to where you always have a button to spend, but not so much where it suffers like the Frost issue where you just feel too flooded on resources and you're ignoring some of them. Uh, you're still always trying to balance like runic power runes. You're going to prioritize runic power over runes, but at the same time, you're not like blatantly wasting just a ton of resources. I was, I was really gonna, good thought, honestly. I was going to mention that uh, since right now in Shadowlands, um, it's, it's a different, it's a kind of a different spec, but it's the first time that I've played on Holy where I felt like Maybe I just want to ignore some of the resources, unless in, a in AOE, since it seemed like I couldn't maintain uh, all of the resources without capping some uh, wounds bursting mm -hmm. or runic power consuming or anything like that. Um, so uh, the, the, the second part of the question, which you've kind of answered, uh, was around the Death Quill talent, since it seems like we have a lot more, and I'm a big fan of this. I think it's really cool to make Death Quill really impactful, not just like a cooldown reduction, or like an enabler, but it does seem like it's a lot of damage. And I would imagine that if you pick stuff like, I don't know, Sudden Doom, uh, Run Touch, Call of the Devastation, Arbiter of Doom, you're probably going to take Death Rot on the left-hand side, right? Since it seems like it's going to work really well. So do you guys think that yeah. these Death Quill Nose are going to be in all of the builds? Because you mentioned that you're probably going to always take them, similar to Super Strain. I'd say almost yeah. all the builds. You'd probably sacrifice one or two of them if you're going like heavy AoE for Epidemic. But I, I still don't see a world where you wouldn't want a lot of those nodes for, you know, the lower target counts. Like Death Coil just does an absolute ton of damage. And you look at like improved Death Coil, which makes it cleave. And then right below it, you have a Coil of Devastation, which makes it leave a dot on the target for 35% extra damage. And those two alone make it worth like worth more than Epidemic up to like five targets. So uh, there's points in times, probably specific dungeons in Dragonflight, where you just won't ever even want Epidemic, which is like, it's a, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did play it, so I played it quite a lot on the beta. And I feel like yeah, when you're running Bursting Souls, right, your runes are so valuable. Sometimes you end up being in a situation where like, you know, I don't have time to press my runic power, depending abilities. And that's where you're like, you know, how useful would Epidemic be here? You know, Flame, when we played that dungeon, right? My Epidemic damage was like 5% of my roll. <laughs> I, re I remember the, right? the meters. Yeah, yeah. But that's also because it was a bit special where we kill everything extremely quickly. Yeah. But still, I feel like the death call nodes are great for single target and they make death call very worthwhile to press an AoE. And it's kind of like, you know, you're getting two good things where it's not like a scenario where you go, oh, I spec it, but I lose power elsewhere. It's I spec it and I gain power everywhere. So I don't think we'll ever, you know, not pick it. I see, I see. Because yeah. uh, 
you mentioned that runes are important, so I would imagine that consuming runic parts would generate more runes. Is wouldn't that be like obvious? Or? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it depends on the situation. We have, we have empower rune weapon now as well, means we you know we're getting more resources. That was the third one. I knew I missed something. Anyway, uh, obviously you're gonna press your um, runic power spending abilities to get more runes, but depending on how you play, that's not always required. With all the resource generation we have available to us now, uh, especially in like AoE, we have Empower Rune Weapon, we have Infected Claws all the time, uh, we have Abominations Wind, uh, we just have a ton, absolute ton of rune generation that we have access to, to the point where we almost don't need to spend runic power in AoE to generate runes, because we have enough to make it through the entire pool anyway. Agree, yeah. But we'll see it though. Obviously, yeah. we only play heroic, so I'm quite excited to look at some lo a bit longer pools where there's more setup going on. In those scenarios, we will definitely be spending ruling power, and that will increase the value of Epidemic because it's going to find more space in the rotation. Yeah. Like I'm talking about cases where you know, you're know you going to festering strike two targets, you're going to dump some ruling power, go into the FNK window. Currently, when you play, it's kind of like, you know, pop down your FNK immediately with all other cooldowns, and they pack dice in five seconds. <laughs> very different. I assume you're yeah. also talking about a world where Boomkin doesn't do triple the damage if everybody else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. tuning aside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I would imagine that impacts the speed of how quick how things die in uh, in the raid. Um, you did mention uh, you've uh, you've went into a lot of the dungeons on uh, on the beta, and it would be ideal to have Mythic Plus under our belt before we talk about something like this, but. How do you feel about Unholy in, in AoE and uh, bar, bar scaling and everything else that you do? Um, how is it? Obviously, it seems like we're getting the BFA playstyle back. Uh, in terms of like, the same question to uh, that, that I asked about the raid. In terms of build variety, options, tools that you have, you mentioned that we might not be able to pick mm -hmm. Epidemic. Do you even think that that might be good? Maybe Epidemic needs a buff to make it a competitive talent since... It sounds like it's something that you want in AoE. It sounds like the answer yeah. that we've been asking for, you know, an AoE runic spender. Uh, so it's a little bit weird that it seems like it's dropping in value and priority. So overall, what what, what do you guys think about all of this in uh, Mythic Plus? I think if you asked me like a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, you know, we're not going to pick Epidemic ever. But then they went in and they actually added in lots of the functionality that Defcal had and Epidemic didn't have. And made that a part of Epidemic, like extending Dark Transformation, that used to be a Death Call only thing, or applying um, Death Rot, that used to be Death Call only. It's now your main target for Epidemic, which is a bit weird, but still. I feel like um, they made it such a way that Epidemic is probably going to be a play, but it's going to be situational depending on dungeon. Like it's going to be the, the big pool kind of, we're going to do 20 targets here, dungeon. Yeah, uh, I do think that they could make Epidemic more valuable in the situations where they want it to be valuable because they, they blatantly said they want it to be better at four plus targets, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if they wanted to do that, it doesn't require much of a change, not like a buff specifically, just fixing up Death Rot to where it works in a more intuitive way. Because like Bicep said right now, you press Epidemic and Death Rot only applies to the enemy you have targeted, which yeah. it's really weird. Make if it applied everything... If Epidemic applied to all targets hit, uh, or Death Rod applied to all targets hit by Epidemic, it would actually lead into those like really, really rewarding playstyle too, where you'd set up your wounds, you'd dump, em at, uh, dump your runic power on Epidemic before you go into D&D, &D, like we used to do. 
and you're rewarded heavily for it by you know that 10% shadow damage increase which is now affecting all of your bursting swords damage half of your scourge strike damage like everything you're doing in that D&D window is getting boosted by that and it'd be super super rewarding if they just added that little change and Epidemic would actually have a really good place for sure do you think this might be a a, a bug or like unintended because from the tooltip itself I mean you would think if you're like a new Unholy Decay and you read the Death Rot uh, tooltip says Death Coil and Epidemic yeah. debilitate your enemy blah 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 and so on and so forth so you think might oh well Epidemic does the AOE so yeah do you it's think that very might be an oversight? <laughs> hmm? uh, I said it's very likely a bug. Uh, the reason I say that is because it always applies to your target. Doesn't matter if that target has variant plague. Doesn't matter if that target you know, got hit by an epidemic. Doesn't even oh. matter if that target was with one, within 100 yards of you. <laughs> you have that targeted, it gets applied to it. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, a bug. Probably got fixed. I guess that's good. Overall, like with build variety, I, I don't think we're ever going to have a situation where we don't pick up the Bursting Source build. I feel like that's going to be our new default. Obviously, currently, we can kind of go, oh, we're going to do Bursting Source and be big AOE, or we do more like single target oriented. And I don't think in Dragonflight we're ever going to pick up like a Gaga build in Mythic Plus because you give up far too much AOE potential. Yeah, unless there's this weird like funnel situation where you really, really need a lot of big single target damage in a small window and army mm. of the dead just isn't quite enough i could see it in funnel situations but i don't know i, I don't yeah. see it really having much of a place otherwise i think dragonflight is going to be a bursting soul quadratic scaling kind of meta quite excited about it's, it it's really good it's really good man <laughs> it feels incredible to play like when you pick up so uh vile contagion man i love this ability this is so great. So generally, right, if you're going to generate wounds in any big AOE pool, what you do is press Dark Transformation, and then you get random 30% chance on every kind of uh, claw attack the pet does. And, you know, if there's 10 targets, that's an average of three wounds. Three wounds every time he attacks, you get a couple of a time, right? Fall Contagion, right? You, you, you generate six wounds on one target, and then you can get 48 by pressing that ability. <laughs> like, it's such an insane amount of wounds it's just crazy it's that, so fun though you you go into a dungeon you pull big you build up some wounds you press that button you drop D and you're just soaring man <laughs> high on life it's so good this is uh okay, this yeah, is yeah. i, I want to test this this is the exact same talent that all of the dot specs in the game want this type of mechanic especially affliction since affliction had the whatever whatever copy your dots from one target to another so this swap. is basically vile contagion which uh i was always really curious how exactly it works because it sounds like if it works uh, like the tooltip indicates and it is working like the way the tooltip indicates this is going to be crazy where you what two score strikes instant max stacks of festermite that seems explosively mm. Who knows, maybe we can oh, get yeah. back to 800k oh. DPS on Holy Decay and Mythic Plus BFA shenanigans Bonanza. That was so amazing to play. You get this lovely chain reaction as well, right? Because you have a couple low health targets in a pool. So you put up wounds to everything, right? Everything six or six stacks. Some low health mobs going to die earlier and that's going to trigger and explode those, all those wounds which is going to trigger another mob to die. So you get this kind of like avalanche effect where suddenly the pool just explodes and it Everything's sad. It's so good, man. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> at this point it definitely looks um uh, i would say a lot more appealing uh to, to get on a holy decay and then mythic plus as opposed to the to the rate due to the utility and whatnot um this is one of the things i i noticed again as a very new and fresh student of the the spec it's <laughs> like when i when i tried this on uh target dummies because i i didn't have the balls to get into a dungeon just yet before learning but when i saw like everything be applied instantly and coming back you know from just learning how the aoe works from unholy decay in shadowlands right it's like you know, have to be you know i have to do the sequence and all of that and you know watch out for the dnd window and in Shadowlands, you know, just press that, you know, Vile Contagious, everything, and then just pan the strikes and stuff. It's amazing to play. And it can, I can potentially see it as like one of the go-to melees when you have, and this is a very important topic because we have to take note on the, the roster of dungeons we're going to have for Dragonflight. And I don't know, there's, there's Halls of Valor, there's Court of Stars. Right, uh, uh, would, there's Ruby as well from Dragonflight, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just t trying to think where do we have the dungeons with high density of mobs, and where do we have like the the dungeons where we have right. lower? Because uh, Bicer's mentioned a, a, a very good point it's in in terms of like the epidemic uh, playstyle as well, where they're probably going to be dungeons where you know you're going to have a, a lot more value on uh, death coil spamming because it's going to be you know if you're not going to have that plus five target situation then this is like the, the most important thing I, I feel it's like how is the the roster of dungeons uh uh presented right now and where would unholy mm. decay shine the most and i think still even though cleave is better i think still those high density mobs is going to be like the jam for unholy decays as it used to be in for BFA. Sure, yeah yeah uh, what was the and back then i didn't i didn't i didn't play decay but i would watch mdi and i would watch streams and stuff and i, I it was just a a fun spectacle to to be to be observing that's it because when you saw like an unholy decay just pff, throw everything out there it was just amazing yeah so i think it's it's very very positive in terms of like the what what will we be expecting from holy decays and, and mythic plus for sure as opposed to like you know that first discussion regarding out the radar the utility and all that but just going outside this whole top 100 you know race the world first or whatever I, I i think you know due to its kit and again i feel that unholy kind of has an answer to almost everything as a melee i, I don't see much gap too many gaps inside of this i think you mentioned that 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 soul reaper is not that strong at the moment um maybe that could be a situation you don't play that in m plus day no i'm, I'm talking yeah. about the rate here now like up uh, ah, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah um I don't know because you, you know, obviously for execute phases you're gonna have like the warriors and all of that. Maybe that's something they could look at. But at this point, I feel I don't know. Seeing other specs being in a bad state and seeing unholy like like now, I'm just I'm I'm afraid to like even mention stuff like you know maybe we could have this for unholy be better. I'm, I'm afraid to ask. Right, about yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> it's also such a good tanky. Oh yeah, man. Which is gonna be very I useful in raid. Dude, I, I in the raid testing, I struggled to die, man. We were trying to wipe it. I'm like, I can't die, guys. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Will of the Crossbows popped, and I'm just sitting here, like, all right, I'm standing at bad. Give me <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is again for for me shocking coming from a long time playing as a red paladin, expecting to be tanky because you're wearing a plate and well, blah blah. Dude, I played a DK 
last night on my 240i level and except from like one shots and stuff i didn't there's so many tools you can yep. have to survive as yep. a dicky it's so good and if sh shadowlands is even better man sign me up Dragonflight. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah. You're not hearing me correctly. Dragonflight's uh, so good. I've oh, said man. I said it a lot of time, man. DK is the I don't give a fuck class, man. It's like it's uh, if you're gonna make this is what I. But it argued. makes sense. See, I don't feel it's overpowered. I feel this is no. how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I mentioned. That yeah. uh, if they're gonna make a a big big I don't know. Let's say plate. It doesn't really matter what armor you use, but let's say a big plate wearing class, and you make it slow, make it you know, impactful. This is like, I think that uh, the, obviously we can showcase the benefits of Unholy and hopefully other classes and specs can be addressed in a similar way. But Unholy and DK by extension is the the immovable, unstoppable, uh, inexorable assault, right? It's just coming and you cannot stop it. And if you want to run away, it's you get over here and all that stuff. So that's really cool. And I, and I love that they, they kept that up. And I think uh, we can we can criticize the devs and we can criticize Blizzard for everything that they're doing wrong. But I think it's only fair to address the things that they are doing right. And I feel like uh, what they're doing right now with Unholy and uh, putting the and actually taking the time to like, oh, you guys like this? There you go. Oh, you like this other stuff? Well, have this too as well. Like, why couldn't we just have this all the time? And look how happy and excited people are and people switching to Unholy and they want to play more and they want to pay the subscription. So obviously this is working. So hopefully we can keep piling up on top of this because in the last couple of years, it felt like they, they, they gave us with one hand and they took with the other. And it was a little bit weird. It's like, why? Why when we can just enjoy the game and it's looking so, so fun. Yeah. I was I was yeah. like sitting yesterday just looking at um, the, the all of the tools uh, Unholy has, right? So, okay, problems incoming. Uh, there's, okay, anti-magic shell that's striking. Um, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, anti-magic zone. Um, uh, the the one that gets you into to the uh, lich born with the the what was it a conduit that gives you damage reduction I believe hardened bones yeah yeah yep. uh, that as mm -hmm. well um, uh, what well, the the icebound fortitude. fortitude and then I I log into my pally and I see shield of vengeance <laughs> <laughs> that's it it's like dude come on it's it's it, this is this is so good and I'm not, I'm not saying again uh, unholy is broken because of that no this is how uh, a, a spec like this is supposed to be right this is the the fantasy of it so kudos man it's a, it's a i would say it's a success story and i i remember like lots of our talks from the past on the podcast regarding unholy especially in 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 9.2 and then maybe a little bit in season four um unholy didn't have like all of the kudos that it should have you know it, it, there was problems over there um and I was going to ask you guys, because maybe I don't know how much biceps uh, looked at and tested Frost, but I'm going to have to ask this question. Um, just as a comparison, maybe short and sweet, Taste probably knows maybe a little bit better, but expect an answer from both of you guys. When you compare the two specs, the two DPS specs, Unholy and Frost, uh, as you know, with all the biased, biased answer you can have, whatever, how would you would you rank them? Do you see them both on the same level? Do you see them maybe one excelling a bit better in one part of the game and the other in another? How do you see the specs right now? And I'm I'm asking this more as a brand new student of the Dead Knight. 
you did more raid testing than me, Bicep, so you, or as Frost, anyway, I only did on Holy Blood, but yeah. you're probably better at this than me, so feel free to go ahead first. Right, so I'm going to say Wood Frost. Um, it plays very similarly to um, Shadowlands. It has a little bit more resources, generally, but overall, if you play Frost in Shadowlands and you play Frost in Dragonflight, at least for raid, it's going to feel the same. We do the same kind of things. We have the same cooldown windows. The, you know, there's been a slight shift in how our damage profile looks like. Like if you play Obliteration, you're going to have 50% of your damage coming from Obliterate, that kind of thing. But overall, kind of same, same. But I think that's fine because I think Frost plays well, generally. It's kind of like a satisfying and rewarding spec to play. I feel like with Unholy Day, there's been a big improvement when it comes to like the feel the spec yeah. man it, it reminds you me you cannot ask me that kind of question man. i'm on a holy main <laughs> so i will that's always what... say on holy feels better that's why you know i asked I mean? it because <laughs> i know yeah I, i'm always always was leaning towards unholy anyways but i wanted yeah. to get you know the the perspective of someone who has mained unholy but also dabbled into frost as well i mean unholy always looked more appealing to me I, I guess Frost gonna... is always a bit under tune on the on the beta. It doesn't make it better. So when you play it, you're <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it feels I'm giving I'm putting a big hit, but then you're like, ah, I'm not yeah. doing that much damage overall because some of the talents on the tune, that kind of thing. I feel like after tuning pass for Frost, where you get a bit more impact for the points, it's going to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you're competing with a prop warrior for damage, you know something's wrong there. But. I think feel-wise, Frost is in a pretty good state. I, I've done a lot of playtesting uh, dungeons and target dummies, stuff like that for Frost on the beta. I had, didn't do any raid testing, as I already mentioned, but I don't know. Frost has a really nice flow to it, which, like Bicep said, it's pretty much the same as Shadowlands, except a couple little shifts here and there, like, you know, you'll have to pull our Frost more often, um, stuff like that. Uh, it generally feels the same, though, and it's not a bad thing. It's basically like Frost Plus, uh, you have the same kit as before. You just do everything a little bit better. Uh, and mm -hmm. you had mentioned like situations where you know one spec will do better than the other. I still do feel like Frost is going to have the edge at like mid to low target counts. Talking like two to five targets. Um, yeah. It's got just, a great two target cleave. Is just yeah, yeah. Frost was it, made for two target cleave. Yeah, it's All right. so when good you look at two target man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny to see uh, how the, at the beginning of the uh, the alpha frost was like, oh, this is such a good talent tree. Look at this. Uh, this is how you make a. Uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then they I'm, made a whole. He's like, wait a minute. I mean, we can get better. It still we is. Still, we still no, no, have no, all of that. Though. Like yeah. we have the shield screen here. We it we is, have shield advance now being like something you can actually use. We have frost world's indignation. Right. The, the issue I have is that they feel a bit undertuned, so they're not yeah. very. You know, it doesn't feel exciting to press on. Yeah, but we'll we'll have a full-on episode about Frost DK exclusively, and we're gonna have Muffin yeah, yeah. in as well, and we're gonna talk a lot more. Uh, I was just curious, and you know how how the boys would compare the two specs, because yeah, I, I was kind of expecting an answer where like, okay, Frost will still dominate in Cleave, you know, two three targets is gonna be you know insane still. Tuning aside, yeah, okay, well it's it's hard not to linger that because. When you play an unholy on the beta right now in heroic dungeons, you know things just melt around. It's 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 a beautiful thing, and 
I think people don't put enough emphasis on how important tuning is at, at the, the stage of the game because when tuning is done properly, that also translates into how rewarding certain talents and abilities feel when you press them. And right now, <laughs> Taste put it like when you when you do compete with prop warriors on damage, eh, not that rewarding, right? But when you like have the the uh, uh, vile contagion, you know, spread all of that and start cleaving and dealing massive AOE damage, you know, that feels rewarding, and you see that on the numbers. So this is why it's very important, you know, to uh, put the emphasis. Do, do, wait for tuning because maybe things will change after everything is a little bit more ironed out. Yeah. Bars, bar some exceptions, they've been uh, doing decently at uh, keep uh, keeping the beta up to date and adding new stuff. I feel like there's been so many changes beta. I was like, I've been like, this is an amazing change. This is an amazing change. This is great. This is great. Like it's just been coming, one after another. Yeah, but you're a kid in a candy store, man. It's so good. Which is uh, which? The reaction, the the awe for a lot of us is warranted because we haven't had this type of situation for at least two expansions, let's be real, more or less. So having this is like almost unbelievable, right? It's like, the thing, it's so weird. It's like, th this doesn't really happen. Like, what is this, yeah, Christmas? Yeah. yeah, it's good, man. It's good. It's yeah. <clears throat> Definicate A targets, goggle off the GCD, oh. goggle give runic power, you know. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, why? Why are you taking my toys away? And I do believe a lot of these points we kind of made in our past talks, a lot of them. It's like, I remember the talks when we were like, oh, we always had questions in regards to like, okay, what would you guys do to fix the, the class? What, what would you guys change? What would you, what, what would you implement if you would be able to bring back? So remember those? Yeah. I think a lot of those kind of kind of made it. And I, I, I honestly remember the target really cap cool. for death and decay. I remember talking about this. I remember about the GCD on cargo. There was a lot that we talked about in the past. And, and it, this is very cool to see happening, man. It's a very reassuring. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, world. <laughs> and maybe one, one thing that we can kind of end it with, um, well, mostly in theory crafting, cause uh, we didn't, didn't have time to test them out yet, but uh, a lot of people are talking about the season one mythic plus dungeon rotation. And uh, there's more cons that I hear than pros. And to be honest, I honestly don't care. I think, uh, if season four was of any indication is that having this type of variety is really nice and feels very fresh. Although it did come in Shadowlands after like a year and a half of the expansion. So Except Grimrill Depot, especially with, <laughs> dude, with, with this piece of fixes. Dude, Grimrill Fuck Depot that. is brutal. <laughs> Do you guys play this week, Grimrill Depot, by any chance? If, don't. If not, you should. You'll enjoy the rest of your life so much more. <laughs> Be appreciative and gra grateful for all the things. So Grimrill Depot with uh, Sanguine with uh what's it what, what's uh, it called storming. storming and all of those all of those fired mobs that go all around try to find the spot plus you know the the, the sleep puddles from the, the sleep puddles yeah and the the, the big try to find a fucking place for that as a melee mind you okay not not talking anything it's a mess so yeah nice. so, so with uh <laughs> skip so with the season one of uh, Dragonflight, we have Ruby Life Pools, Knock on Offensive, Azure Vault, uh, Algathar's Academy, which we've uh, 
seen and played with on the bin, and we can talk a little bit about those. And then coming back, we have Holes of Valor, Court of Stars, Shadow Moon Burial Grounds, which I haven't played in like a gazillion years, and Temp Temple of the Jade Serpent, which is always there for time walking, so I don't know. But uh, with with these dungeons, in, in terms obviously in terms of Unholy, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think of like the potential? I would say meta. Obviously, it's all speculative right now because on bar actually us actually testing it. It's who knows and who knows what they're gonna do to Mythic Plus FXs since they usually change them from expansion to expansion. But as what we know so far, what do you guys think about all of this? Oh, I'm generally very positive about Unholy's look in Mythic Plus. Uh, even if the dungeon isn't like super heavy on target count, uh, say like the average pulls like you know, three, four enemies, Unholy's still got a lot of really good answers to stuff like that. It's got the death coil cleave, you know. You have your sweeping claws, you have, you know, bursting swords still, which is still going to do really good. Like, I think Unholy's got an answer to basically every dungeon and it does it so well that I can't see a. I, I can't see any dungeon where Unholy won't be just really, really good to have in the group. Obviously, the dungeons with bigger packs, heavier pulls, more frequent pulls, Unholy's really, really going to shine there. But even ones where it's not like playing to Unholy's strengths, it's still going to be really good. So, you know, you're saying lots of names of dungeons, and I'm like, you know, I have no idea what these are. So, I really can't say. I feel like... Uh, Shadowlands Unholy has been lacking utility, plus unfortunately I think that's going to be the case with Dragonflight as well. Like Unholy is brought to a dungeon because we do a ton of damage, and that's the reason, not because we can help the group in any other way. I think, as you said, Unholy now has a lot more, lot more potential to be good in many different scenarios, and I think like, it's going to be overall a good spec because we scale so well. But definitely, like, if the tuning isn't there, I, yeah, probably not that much of a reason to bring it DK. But I feel like, you know, Unholy is probably going to go back to being like, oh, this is the best AoE spec in the game. That's the kind of feeling I'm getting. So we'll see. Yeah. Positive, positive note all around, man. The I spec mean, is that great. That always good. Yeah. At the moment, the spec is great, and uh, they're probably not going to go into too much changes into the actual talents. Uh, it's all the tuning game now, which, sure, it is a bit scary for a lot of the, the, the specs on, you know, on the beta. Uh, there's always the scary part. Uh, but just judging by how the talents were made and all of the updates and, you know, the, the changes and pathing and all of that, uh, Unholy as a spec feels great and uh, um, I, I cannot you know I cannot be you know the, the, again I'm just the, the brand new noob to the spec and I've seen it and I'm so in love with it this like man what I've been missing out on well probably not too much because Dragon Fan is looking so good it's like damn so I, I couldn't be more more happy and I'm happy like, like we'll we're finally be able to talk in like super positive notes about the spec as opposed to like maybe previous chats and, and all of that. That being said, uh, boys and gals, uh, I do want to heavily recommend, uh, uh, first of all, Biceps One's YouTube channel. If you are thinking about uh, trying on Holy Decay and uh, want to learn uh, a lot of that in like a more, you know, uh, beginner and also advanced uh, uh, situation, Biceps has you covered over there with his videos. It's uh, 
the go-to place, man, honestly. And um, Taze is, I think, one of the most active people like ever on Discord. I, I've seen, I'm looking at the, the Acuris Discord, he's there. And you can check out a lot of like really good information and sims and all of that from him. So do, do check him out. All the links will be in the description. Um, as always, guys, thank you for thank you. joining and, you know, uh, having all of your wisdom and experience and information. And why why not enthusiasm about Unholy this time around. Uh, thank you for watching or listening. And we'll catch you uh, next time. With, uh, oh, next time would be very soon because it's Frost. Next. It's probably going to be Frost the <laughs> so, Kid next podcast. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. With Shadowlands. I've been loving it then, I still love it now. Still, I play wild. Still, I play wild. Getting better every day, let me show you how. Cause still, I play wild. Still, I play wild. It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day, it's a guilty pleasure, so just log in and play. Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash bow. Still, I play wild.